This is Johnny Silva. I'm the pastor at Dilly First United Methodist Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope it builds your faith, and I hope it gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. Enjoy the message. As you know, I am a um, teacher by week, I guess, and we had um, great checks on Friday, and so it's really interesting um, who comes out of the woodworks before that happens and all the, the papers that seem to, to come in from who knows where. And um, yeah, it's interesting that, that it's at that period of time. Now, so the students have uh, had to get everything into me before, um, before Thursday, end of Thursday, but what they ended up doing is giving it to me like the day of, uh, because I had to turn in all my grades and stuff by four o'clock, which I did. But it is interesting to see um, how, um, I guess, the, the way that they approach things whenever it comes to school. And I did find it interesting slash very predictable that most of the students start caring right around now about their grades. And also I get lots of emails from parents and that sort of stuff. How can I bring their grade up and all that sort of stuff. So late start late assignments start coming in like i said from everywhere um but the thing is there's an expectation that i'm going to grade things immediately and i'm going to have things in the the grade book immediately because i just turned it in so um is it how's that what's my grade now i'm like oh, okay well let's let's back it up a little bit so i keep keep in mind that i tell this to them on a regular basis and I say something to the effect of um, that if they turn in their, their assignments on time, they will be graded on time. If, however, they turn in their assignments late, it will be graded in the order in which it was received. Kind of like those, uh, you know, if you're waiting online or uh, on, on the phone or something, it will be graded in the order in which it was received. Not right away but when I can get to it. And so I guess that's why they pay me the not so big bucks to, to be a teacher and deal with situations like this. But when I see that these students have no regard for planning whenever it comes to school, um, other things, sure, they do have regard for it, but not when it comes to school necessarily. And it reminds me of what my dad has said for such a long time, um, especially in my formative years. He said this, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So I'm not sure if you've heard that before. I know it's not um, originated from my dad, but it was something that he said often enough. He can say, as I always say. So if you say, I don't know if you know that, but if you say something very often, you can say, as I always say, even if it wasn't you that originally said it. So keep that in mind. But I've always been a planner, and I'm not sure if it was because that's kind of how my dad is and kind of raised me, but that's the way I've always kind of been. I kind of take um, joy in planning. And so I do things uh, as far ahead of time as I can. And so I plan sermons, series like a year in advance. Uh, I try to do things as I get closer. I, I, fill in the, um, I fill in the details and that sort of thing. I also do things like um, I plan for my school lessons um, at least two weeks in advance. And again, as we get closer, I fill in the details. 
And then uh, I try to do this for, for lists as well. I have tons and tons of lists and calendars. So for me, the only, this is the only way that I have a chance, a hope, at not missing everything and keeping everything um, kind of under control. And so on my phone, I have many to-do lists. There's kind of one to-do list, and then each to-do list is kind of for each one. So I have to-do lists, and then I also have calendars um, that include things like church, school, family, and personal. Because if you don't schedule it, it's not going to happen. And even if you do schedule it, sometimes it doesn't happen. But within each list, there is um, an over overview I guess you could say and there's a priority that I try to prioritize items and events as I kind of go through things because like I said if it's if you didn't plan if you didn't put on the calendar chances are it's it's going to get overlooked or it's going to get missed so I try my best to keep everything kind of written digitally or um, on regular paper but what about for you what helps you because I know that um if you want to be successful in whatever you do, you do have to kind of keep track of everything. So how do you plan for things? Do you use calendars? And if you do use calendars, do you use on your phone or do you use the digital one? I mean, do you use the kind of one that you have to write in? Um, do you use things to, to help, help keep these important dates for you? Because I will give you a couple of important dates that are coming up if you were not already aware. So first of all, on, uh, let's say in 10 days, if you haven't already done this, um, the Christmas gifts that you order online or kind of in a store or whatever the case or mail will be guaranteed to arrive before Christmas day. So that's in 10 days. So on December 14th and in 12 days, school releases for Christmas break, not that I'm counting on um, Friday, December 16th. And in 14 days or so, you need to have all those poinsettias um, ordered, placed in uh, the church the next time, that you, the, on the 18th, that is. And then in 20 days, we have our Christmas Eve service on the 24th at 6 p.m. And in 21 days, Christmas Day. So those are some things that if you haven't already put it on your calendar, maybe you want to put it on your calendar, maybe just have it already internalized, um, but whatever the case. Uh, make sure that you're planning for things like that. Now, you know as well as I do that we can put something down on a calendar or on a to-do list and even plan with as much detail as possible. But there is no guarantee that things are going to go according to our plan. Life happens, and sometimes things are a little bit out of our control. So what do we do then? Because I will tell you, I like planning because I like things to turn out the way that I plan them. And this is what I think of because I'm a product of the 80s. Oh, there it goes. I love it when a plan comes together. This is from the A-team, in case you were wondering. So I do love it when things come together. But what happens when things don't come together? Today, we continue our Advent series, and that is entitled The Unexpected King. Now, last week, we talked about the birth of Isaac and how even in uncertain times and dismal times, uh, even the slightest bit of laughter can go a very long way. And that each week, as we go forward into Advent, we look at 
some unlikely births, some difficult situations surrounding the births of each of the characters that we kind of look into and explore. And in their own way, each character that we talk about resembles Christ and definitely points to his coming again. So today, we look at the birth of Moses. And you can find this in Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. So it's just 10, um, 10 verses, but before we get there, a little bit of background. So as you may know, this is when um, we've gone from Genesis. There's so much that happens in Genesis. And then we get to Exodus. And whenever you think of Exodus, yes, you think of exit, leaving, that sort of thing. So here's what happens. Things were great until they weren't. Things were going according to plan until they didn't. So what happened was the Hebrew uh, people became slaves in Egypt. And there was basically what was happening was there was so, they were, um, whenever they were told to be fruitful and multiply, oh, they did that a lot. And so in order to kind of keep things kind of at bay, so they wouldn't overthrow the government like the, the Egyptian government, if you will, the power. They tried to enslave them and make it even harder for them. And they also said they were going to put a cap on who could be born. So um, there was a very similar thing that happened when Jesus was born. So hopefully you can see that uh, similarity. But they were um, ordering, you know, the, the Hebrews not to have kids and specifically not males. And if they did so, they would find them and they would um, exterminate them, if you will. But because these are God's chosen people and God heard the cries of his people, there was something going on that there was a lot of planning and things were already in motion for God to liberate God's people from this oppression. So this is where we come in. This is where we come into uh, to Moses's story. So before Moses is born, this is what is surrounding what is going on in his life and around his life. So we read this here, but I'm going to stop every now and then just to kind of point out some things that maybe you already know. And if you don't know, um, Maybe you will learn this, and if maybe you even forgot about this. Because we don't typically talk about Moses whenever we talk about Advent, but I think this is really important. So it begins in this way. This is Exodus chapter 2, verse 1. Now a man from the house of Levi went and married a Levite woman. So again, this is a Hebrew people. The woman conceived... And bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine baby, she hid him for three months. Again, why did she hide him? Because they were trying to get rid of all of the babies so they wouldn't continue um, to, um, to have babies and have more lives against them. So with that said, they continue on. Abraham gave the son, the name Isaac. Oh, that's that's a different one. Okay, sorry. All right, I'll just I'll just read it from here. 
because <laughs> I think that is not the right one. <clears throat> so, when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus um, basket for him and plastered it with um, bitumen and pitch. And she put the child in it and placed it among the reeds on the bank of the river. His sister, that is Moses' sister, stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. So, at that point, you have a baby that is now in a basket and that's kind of covered up and hidden in the reeds. And so at a distance, so this is what the mom does, at a distance, his sister is standing to see what's going to happen. But already, already there is a plan in motion. And again, this is a plan of the mother. It's a plan of the sister. And what we'll find out is it's a plan from God. And so the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. And while her attendants walked beside the river, she saw the basket among the reeds and sent her maid to bring it. When she opened it, she saw the child. He was crying, and she took pity on him. This must be one of the Hebrew children, she said. Again, how did she know that? Well, what other, um, what other explanation would there be? Because they're trying to, to hide, they're trying to escape what is in coming to him. And again, it was a very tumultuous time, it was a very difficult time. And so they did whatever they could to keep this baby alive. And by chance, maybe. By God's plan, hopefully. But what we'll see is that this is part of a bigger picture. And so it continues on. Then his sister, that is Moses' sister, his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, just by chance because she was there, Shall I go and get you a nurse from the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? And the Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Yes. So the girl went and called the child's mother. So Moses' mother just so happened to be around, and his sister was just so happened around, and just so happened to suggest this. And so she got Moses' mother, her mother, and brought her to nurse this child. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this child and nurse it for me, and I will give you wages. So the woman took the child and nursed it. So she was getting paid, basically, to take care of her own child. And lastly, it says this, When the child grew up, she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and she took him as her son. She named him Moses, because she said, I drew him out of the water. Moshe means to draw out of, to draw out of. And that's what she thought all along was that she was the one that saved this baby. And yet, little did she know that it was God that was orchestrating everything around this. And so... We think about this and we think about how Moses was drawn out of the water. And that's how he got his name, Moshe. But later on, 
Later on, we see that he draws the whole Hebrew nation out of Israel, out of bondage. And through the Red Sea, and if you look at the Hebrew, the reed, he was in the reed, and they were in the Red Sea, is very, very similar. And in Hebrew, you can even see that even further. But the whole point is that there are so many similarities and that this was set in motion from the beginning of time so that they can get the Hebrew people out of Egypt, out of bondage and into the promised land. But this was already set in motion by God. And it was the mother that had this inkling like, I need to save this child because he's very important. Not only is he my child, my child, but I think there's something more to this person. And then so she devised this plan. And then the sister devised this plan. And Pharaoh's daughter devised this plan. And all along, all they're doing, knowingly or unknowingly, they were playing right into what God had already set in motion. And so every week we talk about these different people and their births and the things that are surrounding their births and how sometimes they're unlikely or even kind of incomprehensible how it can even happen that they come into being. And then you have these things surrounding their entire birth that might not be the most easiest of things. It might be very difficult. Things that are against the odds. And yet, and yet they are faithful. And yet they do whatever they can to move forward and they listen and they wait and they're preparing for what is to come and they're going to do everything they can. They might have list after list. They might have um, calendar after calendar. They're trying to prepare. They're trying to do everything they can in their part to what God has already set in motion. Now with this said, Moses, like Isaac, is a type of Christ. A type of Christ meaning that it is somebody that resembles Christ and even more so points to Christ's coming. Isaac shouldn't have been. His mother was well advanced in age. His father, 100. There should have been no possible way that Isaac came into being. Yet, if it's part of God's plan, it's going to happen. Moses, against all odds, again, there was a whole regime saying, the Hebrew people cannot have any more children, and we're going to make sure that that doesn't happen. But you had the midwives that were doing everything they can to keep these Hebrew children alive. And then you have mothers that were willing to do whatever it takes to keep their child alive. Because the Hebrew people were very resilient. They were oppressed. But even in that oppression, even in the most dismal of situations, they were resilient and they were faithful. And they had to cry out to God who they still had a relationship despite their circumstances. They had to have faith that God was going to hear them and God was going to do something in, with, and through them to get them out of this valley of the shadow of death. And that plan was set in motion. 
There was something already going to happen, somebody, something at play the moment that there met resistance. God was with them. God was putting something in motion. Maybe it was whispering in their ear. They didn't come up with this plan by themselves. But they were hearing what God was already saying in their lives. And so we see who Moses is even before he's born. How his entire life started continues. He was one of he was the first prophet of the nation. And he was the one that led the entire nation out of slavery, out of bondage, and into the promised land. And can you see the similarities? Is that not what Jesus does for us? Jesus breaks the chains that are weighing so heavy on us. The chains of sin the chains of shame, all the pressure that is weighing so heavy on us with Jesus. He breaks those chains, liberates us, and frees us for joyful obedience to God. And again, this is all set in motion since the beginning of time, and we are merely playing our part in all of this. So my question to you is this, as you prepare not only for Christmas, as you prepare for your day, as you prepare for your life, again, my kind of philosophy that my dad kind of instilled in me was if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. So planning is a big thing for me. That's, that's kind of who I am. I have to do that because I have so many things on my plate. I have to do that or else I think something's going um, to go by the wayside and I have to kind of keep on top of that. And I think I've talked about this before, but there's something called entropy, right? If we leave things to themselves, it's going to tend towards chaos. And we have to do things to counter that. And planning is one of those things. But there's another way that we can prepare and we can plan to make sure that we are our plan is in line with God's plan. And that is searching scripture. That is being around God's people it's also listening to the power and presence of the holy spirit and seeing what is guiding us seeing what is leading us seeing where we are pushed into places we might not be comfortable but if we're thinking about it we are prepared for this because god has brought us this far god is not going to forsake us god is not going to, to leave us or forget us but god is going to empower us to continue what god has already put in motion so my question to you is this. Think about how God is preparing you now for something that you have no idea what's going to happen in the future. But God is preparing you. And the other question is this. like If, if you have um, children, if you have people that look up to you as a mentor, if you have people around you that, that follow you, how are you preparing them to hear God's voice? How are you preparing them to continue on even when it gets hard? How are you preparing them so that you could hear God's voice, that you could follow 
the Holy Spirit's driving you into sometimes the wilderness and continue what has already been set in motion since the beginning of time. What is your part in this? How can God use you and the people around you to continue his ministry and his mission? As we continue on, we have many things to be thankful for. We have many things that we are being prepared for. And we might not even know it. Now, next week, we're going to talk about John and how his birth was definitely a Christ-like figure, but he was definitely pointing to somebody greater than him. He was pointing to Christ. So hopefully you will be able to be here for that and see how God continues to work in, with, and through us and prepare us as we get closer and closer to the coming of Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I would invite you to stand as you're able as we affirm our faith. Again, that faith that has been set in motion since the beginning of time. And here's our part in proclaiming our faith. Would you join me now in reciting the Apostles' Creed? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. On the third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There's a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And please share this message with friends and family to help us spread the gospel message. And thanks again for joining us on Dilly First United Methodist Church podcast. Blessings.